Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont, filling in for Suzanne Harris. Joining me today is Faye Chow, author of the book, Memoir of Half a Banana. In her book, Faye paints vivid pictures of post-war Taiwan and America in the 60s and compares the Chinese and American cultures through education systems, the business world, and life in general. Faye considers herself half a banana, yellow on the outside, but a bit white on the inside. Faye, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so I got to start out. We got to talk about the title of your book because it's so unique and so um, so interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where the title of the book came from? <laughs> sure, <clears throat> sure. Uh, <clears throat> uh, some I've heard from uh, some people that if a uh, white person uh, thinks like a Chinese and uh, identifies herself or himself uh, as Chinese, then uh, then that person can be referred to as an egg, white on the outside but yellow on the inside. Okay. And conversely, <laughs> conversely, that person would be a banana. So I told my children uh, about this, and uh, they said, "No, you're not a banana. We are bananas because they were they were uh, American born." Okay. So I thought, oh. I'll set for I'll settle for half a banana then. <laughs> so that's the title of the book. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's so amazing. I, I love that. Um, so unique too. And I saw this, and I, I love the cover of your book too. The banana, the half of the banana, sitting in front of the skyline. That's um, that's really nice. I really like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's start out talking about. Your, your book spans your life throughout your time in both China and the U.S. So can you tell right. us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up in, in two different cultures? Yes. Uh, at the time, uh, I was uh, in Arlington, Virginia with my parents. Mm -hmm. And it was a time uh, a very uh, simple life. And to, uh, to tell you one thing, in my high school, in my uh, junior high school, there was not one black student in the school. Mm -hmm. So it was very different then. And in my uh, hometown in, in Taiwan, the education system is also very different. Uh, the children are uh, treated very uh, strictly mm -hmm. and they, they have full respect for their, children, uh, for their uh, teachers and elders. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do not raise their, que their hands for questions or anything because they are just afraid to uh, express themselves. Oh, wow. uh, but in, in America, the education system is so different. Uh, children are ex uh, encouraged in every way. So <laughs> I wanted to tell uh, both uh, the Western readers as well as uh, Chinese readers uh, that People can come from different cultures, different uh, backgrounds, but uh, it's interesting to see how they uh, come out, how, how they grow up to be, right. you know, and it's, right. it's very interesting for me to have lived uh, through both cultures and I gained so much and I want to share my experiences. 
Yeah. And that is so, it's almost cultures that are on the the opposite end of the spectrum, right? If we think about the education example that you just gave, right? In America, we're encouraged to ask questions. If we don't ask questions, then we almost get in trouble for that, right? For not asking right. questions. But <laughs> right. in the Chinese culture, if you ask questions, then that's not really encouraged. So having well, these... Uh, yeah, the teachers do encourage uh, the children to ask questions, but nobody does because they are afraid that they will be uh, they will uh, show that they are ignorant or oh, I see. Uh, be made fun of. So they don't do it. Wow. Um, I bet that makes for they must get through everything really fast. If nobody's asking questions, there's <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, At least it was the way when I was in school. <laughs> right. And so you've also had a lot of business business experience in both China and the U S and you actually worked for a Taiwan, uh, Taiwan Buddhist foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about the business side of things and maybe how those experiences shaped your life? Uh, the businesses, uh, are, are also very different. And I was uh, fortunate enough to, um, have been, uh, an Avon lady, uh, a restaurant owner, and uh, I managed to uh, wholesale uh, import-export companies. So mm-hmm. I've had a lot of experience in uh, uh, import-export and also uh, retail as well as wholesale businesses. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, East culture, uh, there's a lot uh, relationship to be considered. Right. And sometimes, uh, especially in China, if you don't have very good relationship or connection, it's hard to conduct business. Right. But in America, it is uh, sort of business-like. If you know the rules, you play by the rules, then uh, yeah. the business can be conducted uh, smoothly. Right. So, so- um, yeah. It, it, so in that way, it is uh, very diff- different. Right, because in the U.S., there's maybe sort of universal rules that you know, that people are maybe used to, but in China, then do you spend time building the relationship before you ever would get to maybe a business conversation? Yeah, sometimes that's true. Uh, Also, um, some people say uh, a lot of things are conducted uh, socially. So if Mm -hmm. you want to uh, gain a uh, contract or something, you Mm -hmm. need to entertain people. And uh, um, with with us, uh, we d- we didn't do too much of that. Right, right, yeah. Um, again, it's so interesting. Also, I think as uh, I grew up in the U.S., and so um, we sometimes think where we grew up that our what or what we know is universal, right? But your book is showing how you know the differences in the two cultures, but then also, I think you mentioned also just kind of how people come together and at, at their core, people are human, right? People still have emotions. People still want happiness, right? So there are these differences, but yet underneath it all, we're all human. Right. Right. I, I want to show that even though I grow up uh, and I had uh, experiences vast, vastly different than uh, anybody else, but the emotions that I feel is, is the same and everybody's emotions are the same. We, we react the same towards happy events as well as sad situations mm-hmm. and also stress and difficulties, etc. So 
I want to stress that even though we uh, can be uh, living or or we are raised in different um, cultures and historical backgrounds, mm-hmm. we are uh, basically just uh, the same human beings. So we should all get along. That's my. Uh, Right. That, that's the main point that I want to carry out. <laughs> yeah, and I love that reminder. I mean, I think more than ever we need that reminder, right? That we're all human and we're all we're all after you know generally the same things. Um, right. Can you tell us what were some of the your favorite parts of of the book that you got got to write about? Maybe certain times in your life or certain experiences that you really loved reminiscing about and being able to tell those stories. Uh, I think the uh, main thing is about raising children. Uh, I am am very proud of my children and how they uh, grow up to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for myself, I was not raised that way. So I had very strict parents. Mm -hmm. And so I sometimes felt that, uh, oh, if I wasn't, uh, as strong as I was, I might have been pushed overboard oh. <laughs> because they treated me like a uh, juvenile delinquent sometimes. Oh, yeah. And even though I was already uh, gaining like uh, first place in my class, mm-hmm. they still thought that, oh, I wasn't working hard enough. So when I had my children, I did exactly the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I showered them with kisses and hugs and everything. And I I just supported them and um, encouraged them in everything. So I have very, very close relationship with my children. And that's, I think that's my most, um, uh, my best accomplishment in life. Yeah, I love that. And I can see just the smile on your face and how, how much joy that brings. That's, that's amazing. Right. Um, so in the process of writing the book and, and going back over you know, your life and, and thinking about things, what surprised you the most about the process? I had a hard time uh, deciding what to include in the book uh, versus yeah. what to leave out because I did not want to offend anybody. I didn't want to forget anybody. <laughs> right. But I had to. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as you're thinking about, you know, telling the stories of your life, right there, and there's, um, I'm sure you probably, there were themes or different things that came up that you, um, you know, you want, which went along with what you're, you know, your intent of the book was to be able to share different cultures, but, but ultimately at the the core of it, we're all humans and we're all, you know, we're all after the same things. Right. Um, you mentioned also um, the Buddhist organization. I yeah, worked for. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I, I uh, discovered that the four years that I worked with Tsuji, uh Buddhist organization, I was, uh, very calm and very forgiving and spiritually uh, very satisfying Mm -hmm. Mm, versus when I wasn't working with Siji, it was like uh, I was more influenced by the outside world and I wasn't peaceful inside. Right. So I think religion still has something to do with one's life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that inner peace that you're talking about, that's something I've been personally, I think it's a lifelong journey, of course, but that's something I've really been um, looking at in my own life, how to, 
soften my own internal dialogue um, and not let all the outside factors control me, you know, in such a way that in a negative way. And um, I imagine working at a Buddhist organization and how long were you there? Four years. Four years. Okay. And so I imagine having that, I guess I would call it space to be able to spend that time with yourself in such a maybe intimate way that many of us don't slow down and, you know, take the time to do. Um, I imagine that's a very life-changing process as well. That's true. And I was vegetarian for almost four years too. Mm-hmm. So that, that really slows you down and uh, keeps you uh, peaceful. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. 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 Um, so who would you say your book would appeal to and why? I think anybody who is interested in learning more about Chinese people, Chinese culture and history would be interested in this book. Uh, another thing is um, English is my second language, so I don't know a lot of big words in English. Uh, uh, my book is very easy to read. Mm-hmm. And some of the reviews that I received say that, oh, this is perfect for uh, middle school, high school students to learn about China. Uh, uh, other than uh, my life stories, there are a lot of anecdotes. And uh, um, I touch upon the uh, history background, uh, political background. So it's both interesting and informative, I think. Right. Yeah, especially to hear it firsthand. You know, it's when you someone who's been there and lived it versus reading it out of a history book or something where it's been written, um, you know, by by who knows. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can you give us a couple more examples about the differences maybe that you saw just living in in both countries? And uh, and this could be anything, maybe something that stood out to you or something that you still look at today and think, wow, that's so different or that's so, um, you know, maybe something that you that the listeners might not know about. Uh-huh. Um, well, it was in the 60s that I lived with my, with my parents in Virginia, but my father had been there uh, in uh, the 50s. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we traveled uh, to smaller towns and we stopped at gas station. If you want to tip the person who puts gas in your car, mm-hmm they would be shy and they would be surprised to receive tips, you know, right. It was, it was such a time that life was much simpler. Right. (laughs) And in in Taiwan, in Hong Kong and China, people are not still not used to receiving tips Mm. in present day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we would eat at the restaurant and uh, there is no, uh, forced 15% or 20% to right. take it, you know? Right. Oh, wow. So, and that's interesting that, cause that's something here in the U S we're just, we're just used to it. Right. We just accept, right. expect it. And, right. um, in China, that's not the norm. It sounds like. And so people are uncomfortable with it. It sounds like. No, they, they're not used to it. Yeah, but in fancier restaurants, bigger restaurants, they do uh, apply the uh, uh, automatic fifteen percent yeah. uh, tip nowadays. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. I, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't have thought that was, um, that would have been a, a difference, but that's so interesting. Like I said, what you were just saying about, um, people who want to learn about China, right? Things like this, that these, you would never find this in a history book, right? These are no. <laughs> real life things. And that's what makes it to me so interesting. Uh-huh. And another thing is there was no, uh, there is still no sales tax. So uh, the first time that I was purchasing something for my mother, when mm-hmm. I was first uh, in uh, America, I almost didn't have enough money to buy the, the, the birthday card because there was additional sales tax. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I definitely yeah. cannot imagine that, 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 that would be, wow. Right. <laughs> what is something you would want the readers to know about your book? I would like to be the bridge that um, bridges Chinese and Americans. Mm-hmm. So I would like to uh, stress that as different as we see uh, foreigners from us. Mm-hmm. We are really uh, the same underneath yeah. the color of our skin, yeah. you know. And so uh, people, people should uh, uh, respect other cultures, other yeah. people, no matter of their nationalism or uh, race. I think that's that's what I want to uh, want people to take away. To take away. Yeah. And I love that reminder. And it reminds me of, you know, times that I've traveled out of the country and wherever it was. And when you're the traveler, you're there's I don't for me, at least and everybody I've talked to friends and people that I traveled with. It's almost like we expect wherever we're going to get a, to be accustomed to us, right. To have, to speak English or to, um, you know, cater to whatever we're used to, but obviously that's, that's not the case. That's just mentally, you know, what we maybe have in mind when we go somewhere, somewhere new, but I think being able to open our minds and to see that, like, just because we've always done it this way in our culture, or just because, um, culture says this is the way to do it when we start to look at other cultures and and we meet other people from other countries, maybe in our own day-to-day lives, there is so much. And I just know this from traveling out of the country so many times, there's so much to learn and so much to open your mind to, if you're willing to do that and, and get out of your own, maybe expectations or get out of your own head, or maybe a box that you've put a particular idea or thought in, there's just so much you can learn and grow from. Um, right so easily. And it's so impactful. I found. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. And I love that your book has the, the message of just the reminder of being able to, um, that we're all, we're all the same on the inside. Right. I try to make it as humorous as, as possible also to make it interesting reading. Right. <laughs> right. And that's a good way to learn, right. Do something funny. We, it seems like those kinds of things we remember <laughs> pretty right. easily. Um, my guest this week has been Faye Chow, author of Memoir of Half a Banana. And Faye, again, congratulations on the success of your book and, and being able to tell your story in a humorous way, but also in a way that shows um, people two different cultures and maybe hopefully gives the readers a, a different idea of maybe how they, they thought one culture was versus the other. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> You can find out more about Faye's book, Memoirs of Half a Banana, on Amazon. I'll link to Faye's book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. 
You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.